don't want to learn to come to church, we want to learn to be the church. We hope as a result of the time we spend together that you would connect a little bit more with God, with each other, and with your purpose. This is the Community Church Podcast. Well, welcome to the Community Church Podcast. We are, I am Jim Miskevich here with Dennis Hartzell and Chris Graham looking at the book of Ephesians. We are in Ephesians chapter 3, the first half. A uh, little review, the first chapter dealt with the Trinity's rescue plan for us, how God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus adopted us. Chapter 2, how God raised us up from the dead and how Jesus gave us peace with God. In chapter 3, the big idea that I wrote down in the first part is that everyone has access to God through Christ Jesus, that there is no longer the Jewish people, that God had a special relationship with the Israelites, and then the Gentiles were everyone that wasn't a Jew, that now through Christ Everyone has access to God through Christ Jesus. Dennis, what did uh, what was your big idea? Oh, just the idea in verse six that uh, same kind of same thing that the Gentiles became fellow heirs. It says they became a part of the same body. They became partakers of His promise. It's just uh, it's just amazing the idea that uh, this is a mystery, uh, a truth that uh, has been true for all eternity, but wasn't revealed. Uh, until uh, this time uh, where uh, God had in his plan for all of us to be joined together. You didn't have to uh, connect yourself to the Jewish state uh, or become a proselyte uh, to become an heir of Christ. Uh, The one thing that I saw uh, about God through this, uh, this paragraph, this section, is that God only sees Christ. When he looks at me, he sees Christ. He does not see my race. He doesn't see my nationality. He doesn't see how much money I make. He doesn't even see the good or bad works that I do, that he sees uh, Christ um, when he looks at me. And that's how he looks at all believers, that we are one. The the question that I want to pose uh, to you guys is that the Jewish people definitely thought that they were better than everybody else. And there were some, you know, they were special, that God worked especially through them to reach the world in the Old Testament. And they looked down on the Gentiles, that they were not good enough to be part of God's family. So um, I know I want to look in my life. What are people that I look down upon? Yes, I'm not going to say that they can't be a part of our church. It can't be a part of God's family. But who do I prejudge or who do I think that I'm better than? Um, So I'll start. Um, it, uh, um, it's difficult to look at your own errors, but I know one area that I really look down upon are those people who I think are wasting money. I, I probably overly pride myself on taking care of money and I, I save money. Um, so when someone says that they're in a financial hardship, my first gut reaction is not to have sympathy, not to have empathy or mercy, um, but I, I always judge, hey, well, well, why did you spend money on this? Um, and I, I, I pride myself on that, and that, that's not good. I, I should uh, empathize with people. I should see how we're one. Um, 
And I also kind of have this thought of somebody who is going through a hard time, uh, well, they got what they deserved. Um, that's definitely a wrong attitude that I need to change in my life, and that's the application part I'll have in a minute. Um, but that's one area that I, I look down upon and that, that is not right. Um, is there a quote-unquote Gentile um, in your life? Yeah, I'd say uh, there's two maybe, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this uh, when I tell talk about people that I maybe looked down my nose at in the past. And two, uh, one would be those who disagree with me theologically. Uh, maybe they weren't as conservative as I was or as fundamental as I was. Um, I just, in recent years, the Lord has really pointed out to me how I was a, a Pharisee, in fact, uh, in many regards, looking down on people that weren't as, quote, religious as I was. And uh, I'm really embarrassed when I think about how uh, how I used to look down on people that didn't agree with me or I thought um, weren't as conservative. But then secondly, um, those who uh, weren't uh, as separated as I was, so to speak. They're, they're, uh, I was raised in an atmosphere of uh, the farther you can get from the line of sin, the uh, more spiritual you are. And uh, so the more uh, don'ts I have in my life, uh, the more spiritual I was. You know, if you could do some things that I don't think got, are pleasing to Jesus, then you weren't as spiritual as me. And, and now I realize how uh, utterly uh, repulsive that was to the Lord as well as to my growth in my Christian life because I looked down on those who uh, maybe uh, allowed things in their lives that I thought was just reprehensible. And now I realize, what a, again, what a Pharisee I was in many regards. I think for me, it was. Uh, it's also probably a couple things. Uh, first would probably be people who have um, children that don't behave well, like they don't do a good job disciplining, and so there's obviously chaos and everything else. So, you know, for whatever reason, but of course it's easy for me to say, you know, come on, what are you, what are you doing, and just get frustrated and irritated by it and look down on them uh, because of that. So I would say that's probably one area. Um, and that may have changed when I had my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> New perspective. I'm just kidding. Um, the other one, I think, sometimes is uh, we can look down on ourselves and maybe see ourselves as that Gentile that may not be worthy uh, for this gift of grace and, and mercy that uh, God's given us. Um, definitely a big, bold statement, uh, not for our culture. Um, I, I don't think here in America it's a bold statement to say that the Jews and Gentiles are now can become one. But from the perspective of the people in Ephesus, uh, that was huge. I mean, for thousands of years, it was, if you wanted to be right with God, you needed to have faith in Jehovah, in, in God, and then you need to assimilate. You needed to do things like the Jews um, to be able to follow the law. So that was, that's a massive statement um, for Paul to be able to make to these people. Um, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Was there any other thoughts you had before we get to our application, Dennis? Oh, just the idea that um, uh, he broke down the called the middle wall of partition in, in chapter 2 and just expands on that here, that uh, there was no racial, not to be any racial divide or any religious divide anymore, that we were all part of uh, God's uh, uh, people if we, uh, once we believe in him and accept the, the price that he paid for, for us through Christ. Um, definitely a main theme of the first three chapters is this is what we all are. 
I, I there was uh, more than five times in these chapters I counted that, hey, this is how we all were like the rest of mankind, like uh, Jews and Gentiles now becoming one in unity. Uh, Paul, um, through the Holy Spirit, wanted the idea of, hey, this is what you once were. Now he's uh, presenting, this is what you are now in Christ. Um, the application part we kind of already touched on uh, is when, uh, what do I do uh, when I think about judging others? I think number one would be, I think we've already taken the first step in noticing where uh, we judge. I I'm sure I judge in more than one way. Um, but when I think about judging others, um, the phrase that I want to keep repeating is, I was once a child of wrath, just like someone else. Um, I think Paul does a great job of illustrating this in chapter uh, 3, verse 8. Uh, the apostle Paul, who saw Christ, who did everything possible for the cause of Christ, said in verse 8, I am the very least of all the saints. Um, if I can have that phrase, I am the child, I once was a child of wrath like all mankind, and then I am the very least of sinners. If I just say those phrases every time I look on Facebook and I, I want to judge this person for something, um, that, that's a challenge of mine is to remember um, that I was once like that and that we are one in Christ. Dennis? Yeah, just, uh, uh, just verse 1, I see, see something, and then verse 8, like you said, verse 1, he says he's the prisoner of Christ. Uh, wow. Uh, another passage he says he's a, a bond servant to Christ. And yeah, talk about attitudes and application. I I would like to uh, continually see myself as that, that I'm a uh, chain to Christ, that what he wants me to do, I do. What he wants me to think, I think. Um, so I, I don't know what he wants me to believe. I believe, and so I, just to become a prisoner of Christ is a is a real daily goal. And then in verse eight, where he talks about um, the facts that that he, like you said, he's the least of all the saints. Another place he says he's the least of all the apostles. Uh, so just have a, a a servant's heart, a heart of humility, uh, as I'm um, you know going about my life to uh, serve the Lord. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it is. Um uh, looking at just the areas where I am judgmental, similar to what Jim was saying, and just remembering where I came from, that I was a son of disobedience. You know, I was uh, that prisoner in shackles until uh, Christ came and saved me. That, um, And then finding that appreciation and then spreading those riches to others to, uh, to let them experience that same uh, richness of Christ. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you would like to email us, at info at uh, edwardsburg.church. Again, info at edwardsburg.church. We'd love to hear your positive responses or questions that you might have about a certain passage or uh, some other, hey, on future podcasts when you're done with Ephesians, uh, here's some other uh, books in the Bible to go through. We'd love to hear from you. Just put in the subject line questions uh, for the podcast. Um, next time, uh, join us as we look at the end of Ephesians 3, which will wrap up the theological portion of the book of Ephesians. Hey everyone, uh, today I will be reviewing a book by Priscilla Shire entitled Discerning the Voice of God. The subtitle is How to Recognize When God is Speaking. The book comes recommended by Beth Moore and Coach Dungey and his wife. 
Uh, of course, Priscilla is well known in female Christian circles especially, uh, largely due to her many books and women's seminars. If you listen much to Christian speakers today, you may notice that many of those speakers often use the phrase, quote, God told me, or they use stuff like, God spoke to me, and then they go on to tell what God told them or spoke to them about. For those of us raised in traditional, I'll say, evangelical homes, such phrases can sometimes be a little scary to our ears. Many of us believe there are no extra-biblical revelations or times when God speaks to us in an audible voice. Priscilla tries to help us understand that while there are no extra-biblical audible voices from God, there are many ways that the Lord may choose to speak to our hearts. She sets forth in a biblical way how the Lord can communicate to believers today through His Word, His people, His Holy Spirit, His preachers, or through circumstances. I believe the main point that the author wants to get across to believers today is to help us realize that God wants wants to speak to us through these various means way more often than most of us would think. She reminds us of all the ways that God spoke to those who were serving Him in the past, such as through a burning bush, a donkey, angels, a fire, dreams, or a cloud or simply other people. She believes that God still wants to speak to us today, but that many of us are not waiting in anticipation for him to speak, and therefore we often miss hearing him. Priscilla uses many scriptures effectively to support her thoughts on hearing from God. She encourages her readers to study the Bible for themselves to confirm what her understanding of the scriptures are concerning this topic. In my opinion, the book starts out a little slow, and there were pages that I skipped over because it seems at times she repeats her thoughts, just using different words. I would highly recommend this book, however, especially if you want to hear from God more. And who among us doesn't? Even though the book may be a little longer than it needed to be, it is still very relevant for today, and I believe it's being used of the Lord to call more of us to be expecting God to speak to us, and thus hear His voice more often. Again, the title, Discerning the Voice of God by Priscilla Shire. And uh, again, I uh, enjoy the book and I recommend it. For now, we'll just challenge you to keep listening for the trumpet. Thank you.